MoneyWeb now on the money. The show's brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Gentlemen with Isaac Odendor, Old Mutual Wealth Investment Strategist. Isaac, appreciate the time. Uh, this week, three years since the third, first COVID-19 case in South Africa. It's been, it's been a crazy three years uh, across almost everything. Life largely back to normal. Supply chains are pretty much back to normal. Uh, market recovered from that, that flash sell-off in 2020. But there are still challenges. One of them, labor shortages, particularly in developed markets, most notably really in, in the U.S., yeah, Simon, that's, that's very interesting. I mean, we, when COVID first hit, we, we said, you know, there are going to be unpredictable results of this pandemic, things mm. that we you know, cannot imagine. And one of those things was just the way the labor market uh, responded in those big developed economies. Um, so, you know, it, it turns out a lot of people left the labor force either for health reasons. Some, you know, got sick and stayed sick. Um a lot of people just retired, took early retirement, mm. uh, decided it wasn't worth the hassle. Um, immigration obviously was disrupted in a lot of in a lot of the big developed countries that rely on migrant labor. So for a bunch of reasons, you, you now have a situation in countries like the US, but but across Europe, Australia as well, Canada, where you have very low unemployment rates. Generally, businesses are struggling to find labor. They they are uh, raising wages in order to attract workers, um, you know, and that's that's obviously good for those people who have jobs. But it 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 means that you know if you're a central bank trying to get inflation under control, yeah. and of course inflation is the other big legacy of this whole crisis, you know, then you don't necessarily want that strong wage growth and that kind of robust uh, labor market. Yeah, and that was the next point. I mean, I remember one of our very first conversations. It was probably late 2020 and, and, and maybe early 21. We were talking inflation. It's got a lot higher than we thought. The Fed typically watches uh, what's it, the core personal consumption expenditures price index. That has been abating, although disappointed with the data print a few weeks ago. I mean, is your sense that the Fed is, is winning this battle? I mean, we had Jerome Powell in front, in front of Congress earlier this week. Are, are they winning? Yes and no. In simple terms, yes, inflation is, is coming down from those very elevated levels, kind of those 6 7 8% levels. Mm. A lot of that is because of commodity prices, and we know that the oil prices come down a lot, and a lot of it is base effects. So because infl- prices rose very sharply this time last year, you know, you're starting to measure yeah. that off a higher base, and the months ahead, you're going to see those inflation numbers continue to fall. But that doesn't mean that the underlying price pressures have dissipated. And I think that's where their concern is, um, especially on the services side of things. In other words, you know, uh, face-to-face services, mm. restaurants, hairdressers, hospitals, uh, pharmacies, um, etc. You know, those, those areas are typically more labor intensive. So there again, the higher wages and labor scarcity start feeding into inflation. And obviously also spending, you know, when consumers are still spending money, that tends to put upward pressure on on prices, so no. If you listen to the co- the testimony that Powell gave in Congress this week, he's not convinced that the inflation battle is won. They're still talking about raising interest rates, potentially even stepping up the pace of rate yeah. hikes. Yeah, so so they're still they're still very keen to to get inflation under control. And I think the the one big thing that they kept referring to in the last couple of months is you know we don't want to declare victory prematurely. The the yeah. lesson from the 1970s, and although things are very different to the 1970s. The lesson from the 1970s is you don't give up too early because because you know the inflation uh, monster can come roaring back. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and I saw some of the testimony where, where you know, basically drilling him on the unemployment. And, and he wouldn't say it in as many words, but he wants inflation done first. You mentioned commodities. There were another, not in the immediate, but 2021, certainly commodities were a big winner. They've come off the ball. And if you bring it back locally, that is some bad implication for us. I mean, Transnet is hurting miners. Load shedding is hurting miners, hurting everybody, truthfully. And of course, commodities off the ball. Bad news for our economy and potentially for our rand as well. Yeah, I do think the, the commodity weakness that we've seen of late is a factor in, in the RAND's weakness, um, especially if you compare it to other emerging markets. You know, the RAND has been particularly weak. Clearly, the load shedding has weighed on sentiment. But yeah, I think the commodity story is is an issue. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of difficult to know what exactly is going on there because, you know, with China reopening, that should typically support the commodity prices. The dollar has been a bit weaker over the last couple of months. That should help. But I think the main thing is is, is perhaps just that it's a normalization. You had these two big disruptions to commodity markets, first the pandemic and then the war. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, as we sort of normalize out of those two big events, yeah, maybe commodity prices are settling at levels that are that are more realistic. From a South African point of view, Commodity prices have come down a lot over the last year, but they are still elevated relative to 2018, 2019. So, you know, so from that point of view, we still we still are benefiting. It's just not as much as we did last year and the year before. Yeah, and, and of course, the week the week around helps. And and, and then and, and the note you put out. I mean, you ended with the, the last chart, which was the the, the the valuations in essence. And and South Africa, it remains cheap. I mean, it it really does look cheap. But we're not getting the interest from it. I mean, we've still got foreigners as, as, as net sellers. They they worried about. They worried about. I mean, maybe it even goes back as far as Nenegate and 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 sort of broken promises, trust. Yeah, I think so. I think I think that South African assets, you're quite right, are cheap. They're pricing in a lot of bad news, and I think that should be. You know, that's always comforting to investors. But but what what will will it take to unlock the value? And I think I think to unlock that value, both on the bond side and the equity side, you're going to need to see number one a conducive global environment because South Africa never operates on its own. So the, mm-hmm. con- the global environment is important, but then also you know progress in South Africa in fixing these problems. You know the load shedding. You know you mentioned Transnet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know gray all the other problems the that we're very, the grey listing that we're very familiar with, and and you know that, that we've kind of uh, spoken about to death. You know we know what we need to do. We need to get on and do it. Yeah, I like that. We know what we need to do. We just need to do it. Isaac Odendahl, Old Mutual Wealth Investment Strategist. Always appreciate the insights. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider.